by romance Things in the valley of things yet to be Please come back to life and use your vibrato To sound out a path the blind can use to return For now the way is blocked by an inferno Everything's on fire and I don't think it rains I use my hands to contemplate it Hiding my face except for my eyes Everyone in the fire pretends they're not burning They just keep digging holes and collecting their pay Sometimes before a figure collapses As they begin to smoke they point at the sky Caught between the twisted stars, the plotted lines, the faulty map that brought Columbus to New York Betwixt between the east and west, he calls on her wearing a leather vest. The earth squeals and shudders to a halt. A diamond crucifix is in his ear, is used to help ward off the fear that he has left his soul in someone's rented car. Inside his pants, he hides a mop to clean the mess that he has dropped into the lithesome Juliet Bell. And Romeo wanted Juliet. And Juliet wanted Romeo. Wow, pretty cool, huh? So, probably wondering, what's that from? What is that, Doug? What are you talking about? All right, Nantucket, first let me ask you, are you okay? Are you here? Did you hear those words I just read? Those are the words of the great Lou Reed from his song Romeo and Juliet off his album New York. And uh, so why read some... Why start the episode with some lyrics from Lou Reed? I mean, what's the point of that, Doug? Why, why are you taking us down this spoken word road, right? I guess, uh, as you know, I'm into records. And, uh, you know, we play records in our house daily. It's just something we do. And if you're a vinyl geek, uh, I have one of those U-turn audio setups that is a Boston company that makes record players. Anyway, last night I was sat down and I put on Lou Reed's record, New York. And uh, was reading the back of the uh, the liner notes for the record on the back of the physical record, and reading how Lou wanted uh, everyone to know that his guitar is on the left side of the channel, and the other guitar players are on the right. Also mentioned all the players, and as I was reading this, I was thinking that there's a whole generation of kids out there, Spotify generation, Pandora generation kids that uh, that don't won't ever have that experience of of taking the record out and reading reading who played what on where, you know, going down that musical rabbit hole. And uh, so that's what I was doing last night, listening to some Lou Reed. And I was blown, by, blown away by those words, just that those are the opening lines to Romeo and Juliet, and uh, just thought that was cool. Wanted to bring that to you guys, Nantucket. I want to bring you something new. If you're not a Lou Reed fan, then you'll probably just fast forward past that, and you'll be like, shut up. Doug, we don't care. Get to the guest. Well, we'll get there, folks. But I want to know, Nantucket, how are you doing? Are you doing good? Summer is here. Today is. I'm recording this on the first day of summer, and boy, this week has not felt too summery. But we will get there. I promise you, Nantucket, we'll get there. You know, there's going to be that hot, hot hot-ass warm day is coming. Hopefully, this podcast finds you good. Maybe you're cooking dinner while you're listening to this, or maybe you're banging a nail, or maybe you're at the beach in the fog, 
trying to get that, get that going. So first things first, folks, today's episode is brought to you by Island Insurance. That's right, folks. Once again, Island Insurance supporting Inside the Whale podcast. Island Insurance Agency is a boutique insurance agency that puts their clients' well-being first. Island Insurance Agency provides homeowners, commercial, auto, workers' comp, liability, life, health, and long-term care for the residents and business owners of Nantucket Island. Island Insurance believes that exceptional customer service, including extended hours of availability, is the starting point of a good business, and that is what Nantucket businesses should expect from their insurance company, right? Look them up at Island Insurance at 02554insurance.com or give them a call, 508-221-1584. That's right. Give it to you one more time. Island Insurance, 02554insurance.com or give them a call at 508-221-1584. Also, today's episode is sponsored by The Hall Over, featuring clothes, packs, and gear from Patagonia, Yeti, Tom's, Cool, Prana, and other classic outdoor-inspired brands. Check them out downtown, right next to the Stop and Shop. You know, that Stop and Shop, right in front of the Straight Wharf, the one that's always grilling that, uh, frying that fried chicken smell that when you smell it, you can't control yourself, and you're like, oh my god, that's amazing. Well, so is the haulover. Isn't it weird, though? Do you guys notice that? You walk down there, and you smell them cooking that fried chicken. It's insane. It's like crack. I could smell that, and I immediately want chicken. Keep it up, Stop and Shop. And, of course, the haulover. All right, Nantucket. Let's get, let's get right to the point. My guest today Returning guests, that was one of my things, guys, with the podcast. I wanted to bring back some people from earlier episodes and catch up, and uh, my guest today is comedian Brian Glowacki. Funny man, I know I've preached about him on the uh, podcast before. I went to his comedy show. He was in town for a few days, and uh, I wanted to catch up with him, and I wanted uh, you guys to catch up with him as well and hear about where his comedy career is going. The guy's funny. And, uh, you know, he's single-handedly building a a comedy scene for Nantucket, for the island, bringing comedians out in here, putting on awesome comedy shows. I just wanted, uh, as you know, I'm a huge fan. And at one point, I uh, was a comedian for five years. And I I just love comedy. I'm a fan of it. And I love comedian podcasts. And uh, I just just love sitting down, talking shop. And, and, And Brian, we had an amazing conversation about Nantucket, his career, uh, being a local, I, you know what? I'm just going to shut up. Let's get to the episode. Brian Glowacki, comedian, funny man, Islander, road comic, writer. Got some, he's got some big stuff coming up, too, that uh, he told me about, which is exciting. You know, his career's taken off, and uh, I'm glad that he took the time to come and sit down and talk, because I love talking comedy. So let's do it. Let's get to it. Here we go, Nantucket. Are you ready? Are you ready for Inside the Whale, episode 52? Are you ready? Can you feel it? Get it. Here we go. Inside the whale. Guys, now you might whale. Show us your crooked jaw. Show us your wrinkled brow. Rise. He rises. Big as an island. A whale, a whale, a whale, as big as an island. Because you feel like 
you're supposed to. When you do get me, we're rolling right now, but I like that. It doesn't matter. Just get up on that fucker. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but you do. You end up getting married in your 20s, and yeah. then you re- I don't think you're grown up till you're like no. 30 or maybe even 40. Not at all. Yeah. Like in your 20s, you're like, you think you know everything, and then you don't know shit. And then in your 30s, you're like, I'm starting to figure this out. And then by 40, you're like, you're like you can't tell me anything that I haven't already seen. You know? Right. I feel like you're still, by the time you're 40, you at least understand a little more about like what your needs are as a human. Right. You know? Um, but I feel like, uh, I feel like at this age, I'm now, I feel like the window is closing, uh, as far as if I want my own kids, you know what I mean? Like, if, you know, dude, I'm, I'm four, I had be... 42. Really? We did, we, I was 41. And she's your age? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. She's a year older than me. Oh, my wife. Yeah. But you don't get nervous. Like. I'm going to be the grandpa at the... No, like, <laughs> I, I'm nervous about, like, because they say you're not supposed to have kids, like, after 35, because of risks of complications. Oh, you know, I don't... Is that know. even still true? I don't know. No, I think that's one... They also I, used to have, to have you bite down on a stick to get your leg amputated, too, so... I don't, yeah, and they also, you couldn't swim if you ate a sandwich yeah. in a half hour. Which is such horseshit. <laughs> you like, know? I, I spent my life just eating and jumping back in the pool, so that is definitely <laughs> not... Oh man. So, uh, I'm glad that you're back because yeah. I wanted to do one of the thing with, with the podcast. It was ha- not just having people on, but having repeat guests yeah. because check la- back in, check back in yeah. because you just put on an awesome, amazing comedy show at the dreamland. Yeah. And I want to say congratulations oh, to thank you. you. Yeah. And I, I, in fact, I just put out another podcast that's going out tonight, but I was just talking about the show. Oh, cool. And I just think that, uh, what you were doing for Nantucket is really cool. And it really is the, uh, it's what DIY, it's, it, yeah. it's about making something out of nothing, bringing right. comedy to Nantucket, bringing the comedians here. You did want the chicken. I missed the one at the fairgrounds. Yep. That was a good one. But, Sold it out. Yep. But you've been putting out, producing these comedy shows yeah. and it's just, it's awesome. It's bringing something to the island that would not normally exist here. And especially separate from the summer. Right from the comedy fest and bringing these guys out here. It's just awesome. I'm such a fan of comedy. Yeah, like the comedy fest has their own thing. That thing is running at full speed, but that's one weekend a year. And there's like, there's people here love, like from my experience, they love laughing. Like they love to, they, Nantucket is a good comedy, a good comedy crowd. Nantucket people are great. They, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of blue collar at the shows that I do, but there's also some, you know, People of all walks of life, and they just... I thought it was pretty mixed. Yeah. It didn't it seem like a mix of people. Yeah, like, it wasn't... Uh, you know, some people wanted to come out to support the charity. Some people are my friends. Some people are, like, friends of mine, like, their parents and stuff. So there was, like, a cool mix of yeah. people. It was everybody. And, and uh, I mean, that was it was pretty cool to do. It's I, been I great, and you're doing a great job, yeah. and you're bringing good Thank comedians, you. and you're bringing people. The thing that's interesting, too, is there is something that's uh, really unique, and I talked about this on the last podcast that I'll put out, but just, you know, when you go in New York, you could go see comedy. There were shows seven days a week, but in Nantucket you're limited. So just being able to have the opportunity to have someone that's bringing these new comedians, it just seems like a very uh, organic, unique situation. And the comics seem like they're into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, your boy, Ray Harrington, he's the best. I mean, I think that guy is one of the best. Yeah. What's his story? Give me, what's his deal? So he, uh, that dude, 
he's the guy that I go to if I'm like, hey, I got this idea that's like a little far fetched, and he's like, no, let's talk about it. Um, he's from Maine. He started in the in the comedy scene up in Portland, um, and then moved to somewhere near Providence, I guess, and became part of the Providence scene. Um, he's that dude. Uh, like, there's a lot of people that you can say, yeah, they do this, but they're not an artist. I feel like watching that guy work is like. Cause he does crowd work. He does a lot of crowd work, and just you wouldn't know if it was crowd work or or, or his bit. material. You yeah. have no idea. And he's, I like to watch him because I enjoy that kind of comedy as well. But I see him, you can see him being three steps ahead of the conversation, and you don't always see somebody like. Usually, if they're in the moment, they're just hoping that the person in the crowd is going to say something funny. But he's he's already like. Play, you know the choose your own adventure books where you're like, yeah, <laughs> he knows he knows them all inside and out. No matter what you say, he, there's not he's not gonna go. Oh, I never heard of that. And he's got something to say for everything. He's he's intelligent first of all, um, and he's super likable. He's a big dude, but he's like he's not doesn't come across as like gruff or, you know, he's like ah, you're like yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, self you know with comics self self observation is a uh, is one of right. the funniest things and I gotta say what you the thing I laugh the hardest is when you said I look like a bouncer at a strip club yeah I do <laughs> like, I do that, that was the one that made me like yeah. just I get yeah. that one got me I'm like that and that that's but that sort of inner introspection right understanding who you are right how I relate to the audience yeah you know it is a huge thing you clearly have gotten you're 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 killed it you know oh, thank you yeah I, I i that's the part that i worry about is coming home now because now people are super supportive of this and i feel like i'm like oh my god what if i come home and they're like eh, i like the last one better you didn't do the survivor the, bit yeah uh and you had no new material which is great yeah i did i did almost all new stuff except for the closer which i was like all right i just gotta make sure i get out of here on a laugh uh so i do my i mean that's the closer that i that's my closer that's what i do so um, but most of it was brand new. Yeah, yeah, it was um, great. And because not only are Nantucket people the most supportive, they're also the people that'll go, okay, thanks, that's over. We're not, we don't care anymore. You know what I mean? They, it will get to a point. If you come back with the same shit they saw last year, they're going to go, okay, thanks. Yeah. That's it. What else you got? <laughs> Did you know that Jay Leno used to do the same bit over and over again? He would do for years and years. Yeah, he, he would just do this like the the old style of comedy. I, right. I listened yeah. to this. I learned this through listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. Yep. And he was talking about how Jay Leno would get a lot of crap because he would just do that same bit yep. year. Like the old school comics yeah. would just rely on a they'd lot have, of they had do one that. act and they yep. did that act start to finish. You used to get your hour and then you that was your act, and people would come back and see you and it was like watching the Stones, like oh do the. Like Andrew Dice Clay, do the nursery rhymes. That, you know what I mean? That was how it is, uh, or how it was. And now, I worked with this dude, you probably know uh, of, of him, Bob Marley. Uh, obviously not the reggae guy, but this yeah. dude from Maine. He's, I don't know he's the from name. Maine. Okay. So should he, I Google him? Is it worth Googling Bob Marley? He, yes. Okay. Uh, so he holds the record for the longest stand-up act uh, in the Guinness Book of World Records. Excuse me. Um, he didn't repeat a joke until 18 hours into his thing. Holy shit. On New Year's Eve, he does seven one-hour shows and doesn't repeat a joke every New Year's Eve. You, anytime you see him. Seven hours? Seven one-hour shows, all different. You could, sit, you, wow. could, you could sit there for seven hours and not see the same joke twice. 
Jesus. Bob Bobby Marley? Bob Marley. <laughs> he didn't didn't bother to even put a, a BY on the end of it. Just Bob Marley. Bob. People are like, what? Bob Marley? And he's like, yeah. He's, uh, that, that, that must get old, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he's carving it. He, he is one of the best comics out there. How long has he been around? Forever. But he, he changes it and writes constantly. So this is cool. You've been working with a lot of comics. And this yeah. is why I wanted to have you back on the podcast to see where, you know, the evolution of Brian's <laughs> comedy career. Yeah. I mean, you're a headliner now, right? Yeah. That's, You've worked your I way up. I can say to, that finally. Yeah. You know, to be, and that's a huge deal yeah. for a comedian to be a headliner. And yeah. tell me about that evolution. Well, like that was I, such a Charlie Rose bullshit question. Tell me about that evolution. No, no but no, I'm, no. I'm legitimately curious. Uh, I, so, I'm, you know, I, I feel like I come from like a sports competitive kind of place with all this stuff. So I think from early on, I was like, okay, a lot of people start and they go like, oh, I'm happy just doing this, and I'm like, I was like hungry for that title or whatever. I always want to like advance. You know, and it's not even about the money, but it was about like, I want them to know that I can do the time. I want them to know that I can hold, like carry the show, whatever. So when I was just doing guest spots, I was like, I want to, I'm going to be a host. I want to be, I want them to see me four times throughout the whole night, not just Mm -hmm. once. Then I was hosting. And because I did like air band and like hosted all this shit on Nantucket, uh, I was like a good host, even if I didn't have joke one. Which is hosting is essentially just crowd work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, being an MC, you know, just like. The next, blah, 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 coming up. And you um, interject. It's kind of, let's talk about that. Because hosting is a, is a, yeah. is a different beast. Because you kind of like, a, you're there to run the night. But you also interject the, yeah. your comedy. The job of a host is to turn a crowd into an audience. That's the best quote that I've ever heard. So it's a, just a bunch of, you take a bunch of people from, got, that just got off work and turn them into an audience. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is. Whether it's singing happy birthday or that sort of shit you know what i mean just like how about you buddy what do you do for where you, yeah where yeah. Are you from well you like airplane food well yeah. here's a, um but i was a i can honestly say i was a good host and i think so i started to then i started to work on comedy because i was getting good spots i'm hosting i get to go up i get to try stuff whatever um and you get a lot of work from being a good host so i was like i'm gonna be the best host there is you know and then now, where were you hosting? Where, what? Like Dick Doherty's Club in Boston and like uh, hosting at the Comedy Connection in East Providence. I'm headlining there on Friday. That, 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 is the, that was on my bucket list. The last thing on my bucket list was uh, headline the Comedy Connection in East Providence. So I'm doing that Friday. Right on. Congrats, um, man. But just hosting there and just, and just like trying to kill from the – I don't want to just go up and like have everyone be like, okay, he was fine. Bring on the next guy. I it was always my mission for I wanted the people in the crowd to not know who what the hierarchy was no matter where I am in the show I want them to be like why is that guy in the beginning or I want them to come up and be like the first guy was the best and then the show went downhill from that that was just like (laughs) you know what I mean that's just a competitive thing that I have which is probably not a great thing for art you know what I mean nobody's painting a painting and be like I'm gonna fucking put this next to the guy I'm gonna he's I'm gonna laugh him out of the gallery you know? Yeah, but she, I don't know. I could. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, with, with the comedy thing too, is you're waiting. You know, I don't think a lot of people understand what it's like to be sitting backstage and hearing the other guy in front of you, right? Just owning the audience, yeah. and you gotta you gotta yeah. follow that. Yep. You're like, oh shit, man, this guy's yeah. killing now. I yep. got it's and uh, I don't know. I it's funny watching your show. Uh, on was it Friday? Yeah, uh, Friday. I was just you know that. It commanding the stage mm-hmm. 
and it's it's really stand up comedy to me is about confidence. Yep. You you don't necessarily have to have amazing jokes, it's, right? But how you own the right. stage. That's I mean that's my whole that's like my whole. You, you never if someone picked up my notebook and like found my notebook on the subway, they would open it and be like, "What is this garbage?" But if you get up and deliver it in a way that's like, oh, that's, oh, I know something about him when he's done. You know, like, I think after my show, people are like, oh, God, I didn't know that about him. Like, <laughs> you know, but but I think that it's authentic that they go, that's personal. And yeah. in the beginning, the first few years of comedy, you just go, God, let me write something that gets a laugh. Let me write. So you go, uh, like, let me write about Obama or let me write uh, airplane food or, or, you know, women be shopping shit like that. Yeah. And then you get your voice and you go like, I can just talk about my day and get some laughs. So when a guy does go up and does air, starts talking about airplane, you're uh, like, oh shit, don't yep, go there, dude. Yep. It's a trap. I just go comedy trap, yep, right? It is. There are these cliches and I think yeah. we should talk, there's cliches in comedy and I think yeah. we can even tie it into, I, I, I want to get your opinion on Bill Maher's situation. Oh yeah. But uh, cliches <laughs> in comedy, airplane food. Yeah, we call it, we just, we just that's hack. It's hacky. It's, it's hack. just hacky. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, there's a there's a lot of subjects. Anything that's been covered a hundred million times, uh, it's like, dude, what are you gonna? Oh, men be like this, women be like that. That's or the of, fat guy talking about he's yeah, fat. The Asian yeah. woman being like, I'm yeah, Asian, so yeah. everyone thinks I'm smart. Yep. And the, yeah, any any uh, dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell you straight up, something one of the most influential things that changed. This is in the last few months. I did a show in Florida, and I, a lot of my stuff was like very about my appearance and a lot of it was you know self-deprecating which is funny and but it started to be only about that so i'm i'm headlining a show in florida i'm about to walk on the stage and this girl says to her friend at they call my name i'm walking to the stage this girl goes oh great another fat guy to talk about fat people things <laughs> Dude. and i was like what you and hear that, and so, I, that, yeah. so that's the seed that starts your... I go, well, there goes the first 16 minutes of this hour. Uh, did you switch gears? Yeah, I did. It, it immediately changed me as a, as a, as a person. It literally, whatever, whatever angle this arrow came in at, got right through the armor. And I, and I was like, I'm, the, I'm that guy. It's the equivalent of, of any stereotype of any kind of person playing into that thing so people will forgive you for being that. Wow, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, the, I get it. There's, urban comedy is one thing, you know? They're, they're like, don't you hate when the motherfucking roach drinks your Kool-Aid? There's the Asian, <laughs> I'm bad at driving. There's all those stereotypes, stereotypes. and I go, I'm gonna say it so you can't. You know, you're eight miles. So what, did you, the, what was your correction? Do you remember what you did? Did you, did you address it? You I like, just started talking, I just immediately just told a story about something that happened that day to me that was personal. And it got, a, it, it was like, like, a, you know, it was like, boom. It was like a pop of laughter about something that wasn't even written yet. I was just talking about it. Yeah. And I was like, and I, dude, I was on tilt for three or four days. I was with my buddies down there and they were like, they're like, dude, you're like, you're on tilt. I'm like, I never want to do that shit again. I never want to go out and like, like talk about my weight or like, I just don't want to be the guy, like, you know, Chris Farley when he falls through the coffee yeah, table. Yeah, of course. Like that's funny, right? But living in that, a van down by yeah, the river. Yeah, that also hurts. That like, you're also like saying that because it hurts, and you want you want them to be like, oh, I forgive you for that. That's so interesting. I never even thought of it like that. I just thought of it as these cliches. But now that you pull it apart like that, yeah, 
it's kind of what so it they is. Can't. It's a, remember Eight Mile. I am white. I am a bum. I do live in a trailer with my mom. Then nobody can say it back to you. It's like the classic, like I'm just gonna pick on myself, so you can't. It's huh. a defense mechanism. Yeah. And I'm like, why do I need a defense if I'm trying to be an outgoing person in front of these people? How long ago was that? This was in um, when the hell it was just after St. Patty's Day, like two weeks after St. Patrick's wow, Day. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time we spoke on the podcast was almost a year and a half ago. Yeah. So you've been doing the road a lot. Yeah. And I want to hear a little about what that's like. I mean, I want to give people an idea of what it's like to, when you're going from, like, Florida to North Carolina yeah. to D.C. And, yep. you know, I just, there's a lot. You, you're talking about all this time investment for yep. 45 minutes yeah. maybe or is yeah. it more or sometimes it it's started- 10 minutes you know one night might be 10 minutes you never know because you got to fill in you never want an off night in the in the if you're traveling somewhere you just sort of want to get there get in your hotel room do your shit you know like you want it to be efficient even Were you if- driving down to those yeah. gigs yeah and what would you make on like a, one of those gigs like a- no some nights you make some nights you make 300 bucks some nights you make a thousand bucks depending on the you know where you're at Huh. Uh, you know, if you play a golf club one night, you make, you know, 500 to 1,000 bucks. You play you played some, a golf club? Like, yeah, I play all sorts of, like, country clubs and everything. And, you know, one night you might, might make 150 bucks. Just pays for your beer and your, you know, they give you a hotel room. The next night you could be, you could be going backwards. You could be paying for your own, you know, like, you never know. Like, yeah. as long as you, because there's not comedy every single night in a, in a town that pays a lot. Most comedy doesn't pay Monday to Thursday. So you're, so you're like, I got to pick up something, maybe audition at a club, maybe, you know, just meet some friends, network, whatever. So some, most of the night, like, if you're touring and you're not a name, you're just breaking even for the most part. You're just living, you're just living that life and not going backwards with your bills at home. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I think it's so interesting because I, I, I wanted to talk to you about where the climate of comedy right now yeah. is so... Um, there's so I feel like there's it I feel like I relate everything to music obviously yeah. but like it's like the band there's so many people doing stand up now every guy has a podcast right. everybody has yep. a is pitching some script there's, the yep. comedy world is just exploding I mean, look at all Bill Burr's got his comedy net, yep. network all these comedians are capitalizing it yep and in some ways I was curious to get your opinion and is it harder to have a bigger voice now because so many people are doing it what what do you think am well, I wrong I'm a, I'm of a totally different opinion than 99% of the people so m- most people still think that you need to go to New York or and then get amazing and then you go to LA or you just skip New York and go to LA and then and then Merv Griffin sees you in the you know what I mean you know, like whoever Merv yeah, Griffin yeah. is today you know uh, whoever Johnny Carson is today discovers Seth you Myers yeah uh, but we have the fucking internet now so and we have ways to connect with people that are there's there's what are 280 million people in this country and only 24.5 million of those people live in New York and LA there's a huge cross section of people that aren't addressed if you just moved to New York or LA so I I am of the thing where it's like yeah it's it's I don't want to wait in line I've never been a person if I want to go to the chicken box I'm not going to wait in line I'm going to text somebody and see where the back door is or see if somebody owes me a favor or whatever it's like a networking thing to get around it. So uh, I don't believe in like you have to live in a certain city anymore. And this is also a change of heart recently. But like 
I think you can do it and connect with people if that's what your mission is, is to connect with them. If your mission is to be famous, you gotta go to New York or LA. If your mission is to get great, then you just gotta get up every, you just gotta work. You just have to write and you have to. So that's kind of been your shift is like, yeah. just like, well, you definitely. Like an indie band, you know, I wanna like do it like that. I wanna... Well, I feel like you're doing it as yeah. far as like branding, you know, who you are. This is my style of comedy, right. producing good shows, yeah. networking with comics and creating that. Like, cause if you're funny, it's funny, man. Right. And if you're a funny motherfucker, people right. are gonna find you. Right. People, you want like, it's like bands. You want people right. to be like, dude, check this guy out. Right. He's yeah. on fire, dude. And the part about this thing that I love is being on stage and making people laugh. So I, mean, I could go to L.A. and then rot out there getting no stage time. Or I can get up every night and do a half an hour to an hour and connect with people and get their email and all this other, sh you know, like networking thing that I'm good at. Like, that's the part that I'm good at. So I don't want to take away that. Like, I don't want to tie my own arms behind my back just to go to move to L.A. and get in line with everybody else. Yeah. You just made me think of something I want to talk to you about. This okay. idea of um, being a local. Yeah. You know, I feel like since I've moved here, mm -hmm. like, all of a sudden, I realize I'm playing in a local band. Right. I don't think of it like that. Right. But people that come here right. are like, oh, these local guys. And all of a sudden, yeah. I felt there's a switch. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I, I, I live here, right? But this local idea—do you think that works against you? As you know, because Nantucket um, has so many connected people. Um, n yes and no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, I want to flush it out with right. you. I want us to. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna. It out. I, 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 the, the first part of that uh, intrigues me so much, and I just instantly was like, "What bridge can I burn right now?" But <laughs> I'll get. I'll, let me get back to that. Um. No, no, it's not burning a bridge though. You're just talking. I'm telling you what I think I've, happens with yeah. me, and, and it's similar in, in it's, comedy, right? It be, being a being a like a a person who gives a shit about their community, and so it's like sticks around and does things. I think that's the only good part of the local. You know, like. Hey, it's just a local, like you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, that, exactly. But it's like, yeah, but I also give a shit about this place. So, so screw you. Once you get away from, once you get away from, he, like me with. Once I got away from here, it's like everybody's from somewhere. Uh, this has provided me a day one instant fan base of people who actually give a shit about what I'm doing. Which, if you're from Poughkeepsie, people are gonna be like, ah, oh, the fuck, you know, the Glowacki kids up. Doing his skits, you know, uh, and they don't give a shit. We're here. I mean, we have the film fest, we have comedy fest, we have every single festival you can think of. If you're if you're in front of people and you make an impact, it's no matter whether it's music, comedy, whatever, they're gonna be like, "Hey, I got a thing." Activity breeds activity, and I think that it's focused on Nantucket. Yeah, people are like I'm coming here to see something I don't get to see when I'm at home. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I just, but I want to dissect the other. That's I'm a big switch. But. I'm flipping the script right now. Uh, <laughs> the 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 thing about because you said about bands and I'm I'm in that lane as well. The thing about ah, they're just locals. That pisses me. That pisses me off when I'm home, right? Mm -hmm. So I can I can spend a month in L.A. and I can and I can be on the road and I can be paid and treated as a national touring act. Right, but I come home and get and then and I'm in certain situations not able to be treated that. I mean, not that I'm looking for that. I'm not a diva, but it's like you're paying me like I like I like you would pay me when I was playing in my garage or like playing at the boys' club dance in high school. Okay, where 
it's like just because I live here and I, I choose to live here doesn't mean my band or my act or my comedy is worth less than it would be if I were f my if I got my mail in New York. Yeah. Does yeah, that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it makes exactly. Yeah. It, and there's a. Uh, I'll take the I'll take the brunt of the beating on this one. I think that it's bullshit. I'm just saying right now. I think it's bullshit that like ah, it's a local band. Like, like just stick them over in the corner. You like. That's not fair. Well, I think we what all you learn said our, earlier is yeah. true. It's like, you know, if good, if good is good. Right. You know? Right. Can I move the room? Do people enjoy themselves? Do they stick around long enough to buy a couple beers? Buy, yeah. Just as many as they do when you bring in, you know, blah, blah, blah from, from Connecticut or Boston or wherever. Yeah. I think you're a good example, too. And I, I, I'm this podcast is an example of it. Like, you have to have other stuff going on. Yeah. You got to music, anything. Because <laughs> I think sometimes if you just... When I was in New York thinking, oh, my God, I, if I just stick in this trying to do commercials, I was yep. just doing commercials. I always like, thank God I have my right. band. Because if I was just one of these guys waiting for the, waiting for the callback, trying yep. to book the commercial, trying to get the voiceover job, yep. it just was tough. So it's good yeah. to diversify. Yeah, it's, it is a little soul-sucking, too. You need something with a little heat going on. You know, if your band is, you just, ah, I, like me, I'm like, I play in my band for fun now. I'm not expecting someone's going to come discover perfect day, right, you know, at the starlight, a... but it's like, that's something I do to like, cause I feel good about it. If I was counting on that for my creative outlet or for money, I'd be like, Oh, it would put a lot more pressure on it. So once you have more shit going on, I feel there, a little bit of that pressure. I count on the music to make my money out here. Well, yeah. You know, like for me, that's, yeah, I, I make every week. How's I that going? I, uh, <laughs> you, I, I have, Doug, I, just so everyone knows, Doug and I are just look, have, looking at each other. We going, have some very yeah, who's discerning gonna, grins. Who's going to burn his, uh, who's going to burn it? No, yeah. no, I, I, listen, you never, you, you know this better. You never shit where you eat. Yeah. I'm not trying to shit. My, <laughs> I don't want to shit anywhere. I just want collectively, there's a, there, there's a discussion behind the scenes and collectively I think that all the people come here for art they come here for culture they come here for nice food and dinner and they come here because it's a like I said there's a place they can't get this anywhere else anywhere in the world so they come here for that however the the art the music the comedy the whatever that entertainment thing is is behind the times as far as how it's treated Gotcha. People come to a place like, you know, a, a, you're going to the chicken box because your friend said, I went to Nantucket and the chicken box is the best place ever. So you go there for that. They could put a lady in a washboard, you know, like with the spoons. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so you can't be like, well, I draw here. You know what I mean? So there's, a, there's like this thing where you're, where you're like, but if it's February and you've packed the place, then... You're like, I draw here, and you took care of me. That, that's the relationship you want, you know? Totally. You, do, but you bring in a lot of people, you get paid. You don't bring in shit, you don't get paid as well. I'm fine with that part of it. Right. It's just, you want to, you learn your instrument, you love the gear, you do all the shit, and then you just want to be like, hey, they appreciate me. Yeah. And that's not unique. That part's not unique to Nantucket. That's the music that's, business. That's music. Yeah. That's stand-up, too. Yeah, it know? is. It's, it's like... like just show me that you care that I'm here, that I'm trying to make you, the people that are here spending their money with you enjoy themselves long enough to spend a little more. Right, make it make it a sort of symbiotic relationship. Yeah, it's like, and not like the little, you know, like the shark, but then there's that little fish on the side that's hoping for some crumbs. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the shark either, but I certainly don't want to be the little thing going like, please, can I have some more? Yeah. You know? 
So, like, I wanted to ask you, what, what's the, when you tell people that you live on Nantucket, other comedians and stuff, what's their impression of it? Can I come there? Can, I, can you get me on a show? Everybody wants to come here. That's cool. Yeah, but it's like, everyone's always like, what's that like? It's like, I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, definitely a, 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 a very surreal sort of environment as you're, far as like yeah. when you get out. I mean, you're in Florida. Florida, let's yeah. just talk about the state of Florida. Yeah, I, I call it the hold my beer state. Florida, just <laughs> every girl I knew from Florida was just had issues <laughs> some s- emotional trauma yeah, yeah i don't know if it's the sun i don't know if it's it's everything golf carts and gated communities yep. or what it's like 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 a f- complete sentence in florida is like remember that time we got them bottle rockets <laughs> like that's like a that's like a cross section of someone's week where they're like talking about the time they had bottle rockets that's right. florida that's in a nutshell that place is, i mean but the comedy's good there because nobody's from there. They come to a comedy show. They're all from Boston or New York or Maryland or Quebec. Yeah. It's just interesting to think of the different, like, people's perceptions of, you know, I can't imagine being in Florida and be like, oh, I'm from Nantucket. Right. With some other comic. Because a lot of times you're on bills with guys you never met, right? Yeah. But they're all from some shithole town, too, you know? You've done some work with some pretty big people. Jim Florentine? Yeah, Jim's the best. Tell me about that guy. I love Jim. I, 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 I love yeah. him, too. I mean, I'm a fan of his comedy. What I love about Jim is that he uh, he knows the most about whatever subject he's talking about. He knows more than anybody in the room. He, If you say, oh, did you catch the game the other night? That's not exactly. like a casual, like, like talking about the weather. He'll be like, yeah, Mookie Betts went three for two, and, or two for three, and blah, blah, blah. No, you know what I mean? He knows the inside and out every single subject if he talks about it he knows it inside and out metal he lo- Matt loves metal that's yeah. how I know him the Eddie yeah, Trunk the metal show the yeah. Eddie Trunk show yep. you know and Florentine got you know yeah. he's, is he a Long Island guy I don't know I think he's a Jersey guy really yeah you know it was weird I, I listen I, I listen to all comic yeah. podcasts so I, I listen to Rogan and he had um, uh, Fitzsimmons Greg yeah I worked with Greg a couple weeks ago and he, a couple months and ago and he said and, he, and uh, he mentioned the comedy guy Brian Flynn randomly who he uh he mentioned the who does the comedy fest kevin flynn. kevin flynn yeah. he mentioned his name on the uh podcast really because i guess they started in boston yeah and they had both soccer players yeah somehow yeah. and they actually they were talking about sports guys and comedy right oh yeah and it, yeah kevin's a uh kevin was like a soccer stud uh at umass and now he has the over the ball podcast he has, on, he has uh, a podcast xm or sirius or whatever the hell it's called so it's week. a soccer podcast it's yeah but he brings in guys that are like you know can hold a conversation too it's not just like some colombian guy who you can't speak you know <laughs> i mean they're on there but not subtitles of podcast yeah. Yeah. we'll email you the transcript <laughs> the transcript yeah you think you'd ever have a podcast is that in your wheelhouse do you think i don't know the the only podcast i can that that is in my like in my lane everybody's doing which is a comedian talking to another comedian. So, if you're if you're gonna watch a po- if you're gonna listen to a podcast, excuse me, uh, of someone like famous, and you're like, all right, I've seen a, I've listened to a hundred of these things. What's gonna make you tune in? And it is that they have a cool guest. The days of like the just a nobody comic talking to another nobody comic, and there's like, a lot of those. Yeah. Dude, How'd you get into comedy? I, How'd I you looked, get into it? I went on. I I'm like I go in rabbit holes, and I find, yeah. I'll find some random person's yeah. podcast, and I'll look. On SoundCloud, and I'll be like, "Who is this guy talking to?" Yeah, and because I, I like the, I'm like, "Does this, does it sound good?" Right? Can you hear it? Right? right? Does it sound like they're doing it in a fish tank? Right? Or are they doing it like, yeah. 
But a lot of the some of the comics, that, a lot of girls doing like girl on girl. Have you have you listened to the guys we fuck podcast? Yeah, guys, yeah, I, I have know Corinne to that. Fisher. Yeah. Well, there you go. And in some ways, they had a they had a really a title that was so yeah. You know, he- and in the beginning, it was literally they brought on guys that they slept with, and they interviewed <laughs> them about sleeping together. Sleeping together. Yeah, but then they you know they weren't maybe they weren't slutty enough because they ran out of guests. But so now it's like a it's like a liberate you know women's lib type thing. You know, we'll talk about. Like anti slut shaming and all that other no. stuff. Yeah, I, it, I didn't mean to. I, I sighed on that, which <laughs> makes me sound bad. Oh no, I just was. I was thinking that uh, you know, there's so many avenues for people to take something like that, yep. you know, and podcasts. And I think that you know, Nantucket could have other podcasts as well. I was thinking about doing a, a Nantucket podcast, but I just don't know. What if I just gave you an hour, or I just say like I have no problem inside the whale and be like, you can just do it. Like would, Brian, you can be, take over the show for an episode. Yes. Like, I'm totally into that. We should do that. Who, who, yeah, however you want to do it. Yeah, it might get... It might get. Uh, see, I don't like to bite my tongue ever, so I always worry about being on... Even on anybody's podcast. I talked to you about this before with the, with the Joe Scarborough thing. Which is amazing. Like I, just, I feel like I just say whatever I'm thinking, and then I'm like... We had to, oh. I had to edit that yeah. out. I don't... That's actually... Uh, very rarely do I edit things out of podcasts. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what when you listen to this podcast, yeah. you're listening to the conversation as it happened. I hate to do edits. Yeah. Your podcast, we had to edit out yeah. some shit. Yeah, it happens. I just... I mean, I, I pride myself on being real, but, I, but sometimes it gets the best of me. Like, I, I just... Uh, I just have this desire to call it like I see it because especially if you start to do shit that people are into, it's kind of on you to be like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to call out the bullshit where I see it. You know, it's it's like, it's like part of sending the elevator back down. It's part of having an opener that you, that isn't quite there yet that you still are like, you know what? I I think people are going to dig them even though he's not polished yet or whatever else. It's like sending the elevator back down. But part of that is also be like, this is what you're going to run into when you get to this spot. Let me throw that back in your face. So if you, if you call it like you see it on Nantucket, yeah. you know, you do that out in the, in the, in the regular population, yeah. there's enough of a, of, of, of a mass of people right. that you, can, you may offend some people, but it can dissipate. But yeah. on an island, if I draw a line in the sand, yeah. it's it's big because you see that person, you don't, there's yeah. nowhere to go. So you, I feel like you kind of have to have a filter yeah. on yourself a little bit, even when you're out at a restaurant. I feel like it should be a, like a more of a rev limiter than a, than a filter. You know what I mean? I think you should know where the, like a governor, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, you, should, you should know when you're going to, when you're going to blow the motor. But you should, but you should always get right after up to three that. bridges. You shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you get up to that line and be like, if somebody's listening to a podcast and you say, uh, I think that X Y Z is wrong with this entire scene, and they happen to listen to it, and they maybe just maybe they'll go, shit, is that me? Is he talking about me? And then next time you play there, you go, oh shit, my maybe they maybe it was them. Well, this is interesting because we can we talk about the. Yeah. That on Friday night? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about anything. Uh, well, you, you said that, that some people were unhappy with one of the comics made a... Made a oh, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Uh, and I would never... I would never uh, 
Because it brings up, actually, it ties into the Bill Maher thing. Like, yeah. this is comedy. And under this window of comedy, yeah. you there is some sort of leeway with things that typical right. people can't talk about. Right. So, this is my, this is my stance. <laughs> this, uh, th- th- this is a, 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 uh, an evolved stance from, like, a week ago that I had. But I say, so people say, it's freedom of speech, man. It's freedom of speech. You can say whatever you want. Freedom of speech protects you from the government's interference in your speech. It does not protect you from people's opinion of who you are as a person after you make that speech. So you can, by law, and I root for you to say whatever you want to say, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to like buy you a drink afterwards or shake your hand or not. that you're not protected from from the scrutiny of other assholes. Right. You're just protected from the government. So uh, the other night, one of my one of my buddies uh, did an open. So I had two openers. Uh, my buddy Rob Pierce, and then uh, I had a dude from here, David uh, David Martin Hayes, who's he's helping with the stand up and learn program and everything. Uh, and his, set, I love to say he went out and he was just kind of like picking on Nantucket stuff, which I love. And he, it was funny. Yeah, he's lived here for I don't know a year or two or something like that, and he was picking on Nantucket stuff. So what what he didn't know though was that uh, my buddy uh, Nate owns Poets Corner and he was picking on the the ads and I say this to Nate every time I see him like dude you gotta stop that ad because the kid goes Poets Corner every like 16 <laughs> seconds in this ad and by the end of the ad you're like I want to steer the car off a bridge but you remember Poets Corner when it's over so, so it's effective yeah, yeah. and he uh, David went up and he was just he, I loved it he was busting on every, he was busting balls uh, yeah he busted on yeah. just local it was yeah making fun of local commercials and then he got, and then he hit that and so half of the room is there because that little girl that says Poets Corner is related to the to <laughs> Marla Lamb by extension uh, and 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 related to the people that we did the event in their name in the first like the guest <laughs> oh, of honor God. but he doesn't so, he didn't know that but he wasn't he wasn't being malicious he, he was wasn't just, being malicious it, it didn't come off as malicious yeah. but it just on a small island someone yeah. in the audience was related to the person he was making fun of yeah and and then he, the, my favorite thing is that he's uh, he talked about Mac Davis. Yeah. And he was like picking on Mac Davis. And I was in the back thinking, this guy's going to need an escort to his car. Like, like Mac's all settled down. And so I don't know if you know Mac at all. I don't, but, I know. And he's the floor uh, guy. Yeah. And, and Mac would, Mac, Mac's the first person to take a joke in stride. But uh, I was like, if Mac was in here and Nate's in here, I'm like, this kid's <laughs> going to need to get walked to his car. That's what I'm talking about. That's comedy. There's yeah. controversy. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. You know, it's like... That's, I like that. I like the... There needs to be that push and pull. If we all walk around in these safe zones, yep. which is which is what's happening in colleges... Yep. Uh, we, could, we could go down the microaggressions and yep. shit. Oh, God. These people... Some guy, some college professor, speaking of microaggressions, got uh, suspended for raising his hand. The students... It's some... It's some I don't know. Rogan had the guy on there, but it was just... Are you Just an example me? of how, like... Right. These, like... We have basically can't say anything about anyone. Yeah. But traditionally, comics are, are, are you know, they're voices of our the yeah. culture, you know? Oh, I'm going to say something that's not popular at all. Uh, the, only, the only good thing that I see uh, from, the, from the, our current president uh, and the whole climate of right now is that it's knocking some of that. There's some pushback to that a little bit. And it's only because we have this extreme asshole redneck fucking president. Right, I don't even know what he is. Uh, I don't know what he is. I don't. He's a reality star. Let's the, just leave it at The that. opinions of Brian Glowacki do not reflect those of Doug or his yeah. podcast. Um, or the podcast. Uh, 
but there's like there's a little bit of a pushback to like wait a minute we can say whatever if if freedom of speech and you're allowed to hold a head of donald trump's bloody head and that's freedom of speech then so is being like hey i don't like this people or whatever freedom of speech like i said protects you from all that shit it's kathy griffin or whatever wasn't wrong and bill maher wasn't wrong and 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 ted nugent wasn't wrong there just wasn't it wasn't smart all right so i'll ted nugent the difference between i didn't mean to say bill maher i meant to say the difference between kathy and and and, ted nugent yeah well yeah bill maher is someone i believe like would do that would yeah actually has those sort of tendencies bill maher is a comedian right and uh, again, I guess there is that sort of umbrella under the under the auspices of comedy. You're allowed yeah. to certain social graces that normal people couldn't say. Right. But I don't know. That, that's a weird give and take. I don't like when people do something stupid and then they duck behind the, oh, it's comedy thing. Kathy Griffin was holding the bloody head of Trump. And do, uh, I'll be the first one. I didn't... I'm pretty middle of the road politically. I can't stand this motherfucker. Uh, and she had his bloody head. Did you see that? Yeah, that? yeah, she, I saw it. And, and she goes, "Oh, it was comedy." It's like, no, nah, it was a, it was a photo shoot to raise, to ruffle feathers, and you did that. And so you don't did back that. down from that. You you got what you got across. Yeah. You got the point across. I agree. So they go, well, it, she like Ted. Oh, it, she can't do it, but Ted Nugent can say this about Obama and all that stuff. And it's like, no, no, they both. It's both fine that either one of them does that. That's within their rights. But that doesn't also mean you have to buy a ticket to go see Kathy Griffin. Right. You can be like, screw her, and you can say, screw Ted Nugent. Yeah. That's our right. What's your take on Bill Maher? I don't like it. Uh, and I just, I, I feel like I should be like, yeah, man, say whatever you want. But So I, people that, if you don't know, Bill Maher got in a lot of trouble because he made he mentioned the N-word. Yeah. And Benny did it in a... In a when you watch it, yeah, and you watch it in context, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I thought Ice Cube had a uh, had a really own. Is a we got our first caller? Let's take our caller. We yeah, got, we got yeah. We, we have got, Ted in Nebraska. <laughs> Ted Nugent. Uh, it's on. Luke from the. Hey Luke, can you hear me? Yes. I'm in the middle of a podcast. Oh great. Uh, but but we're recording it. I just want to get your opinion on uh, Bill Maher and Kathy Griffin. <laughs> that's it is that <laughs> perfect perfect uh, all right dude see ya <laughs> it's perfect perfect <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know it, it's it's one of those things that yeah i don't know if he's even fired yet i don't think he's gonna get fired i just think they have to distance themselves from his opinion i don't think they need a Bill Mars paid to ruffle people's feathers. Why are people surprised that he said something like that? Yeah, I he, guess Ice Cube. I love that I'm dropping Ice Cube's name on there, but he had a really. He's like, you know, is this a political show or is it a comedy show? Right. And well, I thought that it is. And but his point to his point was like, you know, if it's not clear when you drop something like that, there's right. stuff behind it, the connotations behind it, just using it, you don't it. it it doesn't do much for it, it. Just the word is. Just, I would just stay the fuck away from it. It's just the worst word to, it's for a, a, a certain word. like for a certain very many millions of people is a very just a, such a terrible. I don't like that word, and I don't like the f word for homosexual people. Yeah, and I'll say anything. Trust me, I'll say anything to anybody. But if it's gonna just immediately make someone feel like shit from one word. 
then it's like, can we just not use that particular one anymore? Yeah. Like, there's a couple. There's a couple words that just, and I don't. Do you have you ever used a c word in your act? Uh no, but I'm not really like I'm not really like that. I'm not. I don't. Bill Burr says it every two. Yeah. Sentences. I never talk. <laughs> I never talk down about. I always, if I'm talking about down about somebody, it's usually me, and that word doesn't doesn't fit for me yet uh, until I start <laughs> being that. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just why would you? I guess where I am, and then what I want to do with this. I don't want to alien. I don't want to risk alienate, alienating half the population at any given time, you know, mm-hmm. or more. And there's literally no reason to use. There's no reason to use the N word if you need to say that to like, to like be funny. Like that's gonna. Hurt. I mean, it's just. It's just it, not. It's smart. easy for two white guys to sit in a nice house and talk about whether people should or shouldn't use that word. But just for me, I'm like. I mean, more impressive. You call this a nice house. Thank you. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's just like you're gonna say that, and then and like have some, like one of your viewers. It's like let's say the biggest Bill Maher fan in the world is of African American descent, and they and they see that and go like, oh, and it just they just like feel let down by people. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It just feels it just feels shitty. It feels like a shitty exchange. There's no generosity in that. There's nothing. Have funny. you had to apologize for anything that you've said? Shit. Uh, only after I get off stage and I'm like, oh, sorry, honey. I Have you had that someone come up to you? Uh, no, no, I don't. Because I'm not I'm not super edgy. I'm kind of just a goofball. I'm not Bill Hicks or Bill Burr. I'm like I'm like a Kevin James, you know? I don't think right. Kevin, You know, I'm more <laughs> yeah. like silly. Uh, but I've definitely felt when I've crossed the line. I did it yesterday uh, uh, on the Cape. I definitely what happened I, oh yeah that's I, right we should tell you Brian was on the Cape doing the Cape Cod Comedy Fest yeah uh, and I and I knew it was gonna be edgy and I just had, I was just like it's like a tightrope and you I get Bill Bill Maher wanting to like walk the tightrope and see if he can get away with it but that's a big gamble Whew. but yesterday I was on the Cape and I was at this the Cisco sponsored this this uh, comedy competition as part of the Cape Cod Comedy Festival. Oh, they Cisco were, Brewers. Yeah. They, uh, okay. And I was like, you guys ever been to Cisco before? And they're like, ah, like cheering or whatever. And I was talking about how strong the beers are if you go to a private brewery than if you bought beers at the store. And I was talking about being at a brewery and I was like, oh my God, like, this beer's strong. What are they putting in this? Fentanyl? And everyone just was like, oh, yeah. Real, H- yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And if you don't know what Brian's talking about, is the just... HBO documentary, Cape yeah. Cod Heroin. Yeah. I was like, what's Jesus. in this beer? Fentanyl? And they just, you could literally Crickets. hear them slam the brakes on. No, the, it got like half of a laugh and half of a groan. Oh. But it still just, the it groan felt, is pretty good. It felt good to be like, ah, I pushed, I pushed a little bit. Well, that's kind of your job. Yeah. You know? I, I it, wanted to shake them up a little bit, but not have them hate me. It, and it worked. But it was a ri- it was a risk. I was gonna, I was like, how many people in this room? Did any other comics make a reference to it after? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think they learned their lesson uh, through me. Oh man! So, but we're, we're supposed to push. You know, you're supposed to push boundaries. But if it's gonna like make a bunch of people be like, oh god, I I feel shitty about myself. Yeah. Then like, what's the point? So now that you're a headliner, you're 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 a paid headliner now, yeah. all over the country. Yeah. So what's next? Like, what are you looking to do? Is it like, do you want to start writing? Is it just, just uh, keep doing bigger shows or networking or what's the... What I want is uh, 
the, the next thing I'm going to put my crosshairs on, I want to somehow get a Comedy Central half hour. That's like a, it's a lofty goal, but I want, and I want to get it without moving to New York or LA. So I want to, I want to get so goddamn good that the, that somebody goes, I can't believe you haven't had this guy on yet. Do you have a manager? Are you still doing Not that for that. I have somebody that if I had a half an hour that I was really psyched about that, that would submit it. But I think that's like a, I think that's a how, yeah, how does that process work? Someone has to just send in a tape of you? Yeah, somebody that they trust. Like a, there's some people in LA that I've worked with that are like, I'll submit it for you if you, you know, they're not going to just take it from every Joe Blow. Yeah. So, um, but I'm not, the, I, I can honestly look at my comedy and be like, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting, you know, I, I'm like working towards it. Yeah, which is kind of brings it back to what we were talking about. It just seems like there's, it's a competitive, there's yeah. so many people. Well, it's like they, comedy wasn't something that people just did. Yeah. You, uh, you yeah. Know. Now everybody's doing. And there's not like there's no shortage of like middle aged looking bald chubby guys with a graphic T, you know. So <laughs> they're looking for something that's unique. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, but Aziz Ansari or you know somebody with with a little just culture. Pull up in that dune buggy. I know. That, that's that that's a scene in itself. Yeah. You know, here's our here's our headliner. I did uh so I was <laughs> I was working I was talking with America's Got Talent about being on like they were casting that. Uh-huh. So they there's auditions but they've also they also cast some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh and they're like, "Oh, what's your story? Like do you have a good backstory?" I was like, "Uh, yeah, they grew up in Nantucket and like a life of privilege." And they're like, yeah, that's not really the story we're it's looking so for. It's so funny that you mentioned that because it so reminds me of this guy that I knew that was in this hot shit band for a minute in Brooklyn. I saw him one day. I was like, he was in Rolling Stone. They got a write-up. And I was like, he's like, dude, you know, this is what I've learned. They just want a story. Right. They love the fact that the lead singer's like girlfriend or something had died. And yeah. And like people, they want a story. They want some sort of unique thing. Yeah. Yep. That, that can, it doesn't even matter how good you are. They just want a story. Yeah. Like, you know, it was crazy. They went from nobody to somebody in overnight yep. because this story, this backstory that got written about. Yep. Like if Brian Gwacky had blown off his leg right. uh, as a kid. With, I might, ha- I with might a- still have time. With M80s. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, that would be yep. the story. And be like, oh, he's the M80 guy. Yep. It's That's so like, crazy how they just, people want my buddies, a story. My buddy's a comic, and and last year they approached him because they liked his comedy, and he's funny. And they were like, uh, what's your backstory? And he was like, ah... Uh, I live like with my brother, I do comedy, got a nice girlfriend. They're like, yeah, no. So they called him again this past year and they're like, all right. Well, Has like, anything happened to you? Yeah, they're like, what's your story? But now he knew, like he kind of knew that what they were looking for. And they were like, uh, like, do you have like a story from your past? He's like, well, uh, I did live in a car with seven brothers and sisters when I was a kid, which is true. And they're like, oh, why didn't you tell us that last year? Is that your boy, Justin? Uh, or, uh, no, no, no. This is his name's Preacher Lawson. He's uh, he's on America's Got Talent. Is he? Yeah, he's he's killing it. He crushed the first time. They loved him, um, but he had like a shitty upbringing. But he forgot to like he didn't like mention it the first time, and they didn't really take interest in him. And then, which is so telling to what you know. Pe- it's not it, fabricated, but he just like he was just, like, I have a good life now. But they were like, well, give us something. Yeah. And it's so much more willing for them to be like people to grab onto something like that. That right. oh, I was raised in an orphanage in, an orphanage yeah. in uh, Tanzania yeah. by lions. Yeah, make up that shit. You know, that's what I'm saying. We got to come up with a good yeah. backstory. For that's you. what I t- and I even told them. I'm like, ah, like I say it in my act too. But they're like, what's your? Uh, you have like, have you had any struggles? I'm like, ah, grew up on Nantucket. Me and my brother had to share a jet ski, and they were just like, <laughs> nope, <laughs> yeah. you're not the guy. Yeah, tell them that you were like. Uh, 
you know, you were a, a stunt double for yeah. Uncle Fester. I was just like, I was abandoned or uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Despicable me. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. I just, I'm, we just did 50 minutes. I'm, I cool. wanted to bring you back on the yeah. show because I, I love what you're doing to Nantucket. Oh, I'm cool. a fan. Thank you. I think it's great. And we and keep doing it because the island, Nantucket, if you haven't gone and seen one of Brian's shows, you're doing yourself a disservice because he's bringing awesome comedians out yeah. here and he's, and he's building a, a legit comedy scene for yeah. Nantucket and he's making comedians want to come here. Yeah. And I'm doing a show and they, they gave me an encore show at the Dreamland and I'm doing August 18th. I got a prime time. You bringing slot. Ray back? I should bring Ray back. Will you bring Ray back. I want to have Ray on the show. I love that guy. I will. I don't know if he'll be. I don't know if he's available for that one, but I'll get him back out here. He all. was great. I mean, they're, they've all been great. Yeah. But uh, oh, who was the two years ago the Italian guy at the box talked about uh, Frank Santarelli. Frank Santarelli. He was on The Sopranos. He was great, man. Did you ever watch that show? Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah and I did see. Yeah, it. he was yeah. Georgie. He was the bar the bartender oh, at the bottom. Great. Bean. Yep. I just, I'm such a fan of comedy and you're doing a great thing for Nantucket. So thank thank you. you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having a beer with me. Yes, sir. On this Sunday. Yeah, gorgeous. If we burn any bridges, don't take it personal. It's comedy. Yeah, we're talking about someone else, not you. Yeah. time brian puts on one of his shows make sure you guys get out and check it out because uh i don't know i think there's something really special about a collective audience sitting there listening to someone else perform perspectives on the way they see the world there is a transformation of information energy and entertainment at the at the very least and uh you know if you can't laugh at yourself and you can't laugh at the world how do you get through life, you know? Life isn't funny. Comedians can make it funny, right? Or a podcast. Maybe a podcast can make your day better. I don't know. Either way, folks, thanks for listening. Brian, thanks so much for sitting down. He's, uh, it's going to be interesting watching his career, you know? He is certainly committed and uh, strong-headed on making a name for himself as a comedian, and he's on his way. And uh, I'm just glad he takes the time to sit down and talk because it is interesting. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that conversation. A lot of interesting twists and turns and about, you know, the life of a comedian. And I give him a lot of props. Slugging it out on the road, comedy club to comedy club, late nights, early mornings, lots of trips in the car. Think about that. Think about your job. And think about going, driving eight hours to to perform sometimes a half hour, sometimes 15 minutes, then getting in a car, sleeping in a crappy hotel, getting up again. You know, they say the nightlife is no good life, but it's my life. Willie Nelson said that. There you go, Brian. There's some words of wisdom. All right, enough of me yapping, guys. Hopefully I will get some sun here soon, Nantucket. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy it. 
I got nothing else to say. Brian Gwacky, thanks so much. Over and out, Inside the Whale, episode 52. Over and out. Bye.